So you put off buying a new John Deere tractor all year, but now the procrastinating has finally paid off because it's year-end sales event time at SunSouth, and you can take home a new John Deere for less than you ever imagined during our biggest year-end sales event ever, like the John Deere 3025E tractor for only $139 a month, and save up to $4,300 on a John Deere 1025R with loader. Or get your yard work done faster and more efficiently with the Z915E zero-turn mower for only $109 a month. Plus get 0% APR for 60 months on select Gator utility vehicles. Hurry in to the year-end sales event at SunSouth, where everything you could need or want for outdoor projects is priced to go. From the yard to the fields and everything in between, think SunSouth. Visit your neighbors at SunSouth or shop online at sunsouth.com and see how affordable owning a new John Deere tractor can be. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Offer ends December 31st, 2019. So you put off buying a new John Deere tractor all year, but now the procrastinating has finally paid off because it's year-end sales event time at SunSouth, and you can take home a new John Deere for less than you ever imagined during our biggest year-end sales event ever, like the John Deere 3025E tractor for only $139 a month, and save up to $4,300 on a John Deere 1025R with loader. Or get your yard work done faster and more efficiently with the Z915E zero-turn mower for only $109 a month. Plus get 0% APR for 60 months on select Gator utility vehicles. Hurry in to the year-end sales event at SunSouth, where everything you could need or want for outdoor projects is priced to go. From the yard to the fields and everything in between, think SunSouth. Visit your neighbors at SunSouth or shop online at sunsouth.com and see how affordable owning a new John Deere tractor can be. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Offer ends December 31st, 2019. You know, Empathy, compassion, the kinder side of science, the phenomenon, the kindness you know, beyond the, the other side is I'm your host, Chip Reichenthal. We're so glad you're joining us. Come on in. Welcome. Um, we're entities of thought, but thoughts are, are, are very, very powerful. You know, the, the science shows us today that thoughts can, can move physical objects. <laughs> well, they we indeed welcome you all on, with on open space. arms they to can, um, Kindness Beyond the Veil. This you, is your um, host, Brighton We've got a fantastic show for you perhaps, today you know, as we enter the so December month. Um, I think that uh-huh. when you were and on the, the other final side, that we days of these this decade. But we go out with a bang, not a whimper, um, here on our live show you know, on UPRNTalkRadio.com each and every Monday from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. Monday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. Mark it down on your calendars. And along with the live show every Monday, Monday from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time, we are simulcast on YouTube on the United Public Radio channel on YouTube. And we do have another live show of Kindness Beyond the Veil that we do on Mondays on another network. But not to worry, my friends, because the Monday night lineup here on UPRN is so good. Well, you'll be able to hear that show right here on UPRN every Saturday also at 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time, 1 to 3 p.m. Central, Saturdays and Mondays. Never get you dead. <laughs> Little Carpenter's quote there. Plus, we have an episode of the Supernatural Realm radio show that I co-host with the great Tim Roxbury. That is now Saturdays and follows our show here Saturdays 
uh, Supernatural Run runs from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern now on UPRNTalkRadio.com. And today to celebrate our live show here, we have a phenomenal guest for you, one of my favorite people on the planet and by far the best numerologist I have ever encountered, and I've encountered many, believe me. <laughs> Our honored guest today is the great Lois T. Martin, who really redefines the genre of numerology. And since we're just a few weeks away now from a whole new decade and the year 2020, seems like the right time to find out if 2020 is worth the wait and will be as special as we hope or if we should brace ourselves instead. <laughs> and of all people to get this valuable information from, we thought there would be no better than Lois T. Martin to tell us. Uh, Lois will give us as true a perspective as there is, because Lois T. Martin is real. She's superbly gifted in her craft and won't hold anything back. <laughs> so you picked the perfect time to join us, beloved listeners, because if it's Food for thought you're looking for, Lois T. Martin will provide a feast for us, and we will be bringing Lois on for you all in just a moment. First, a couple of brief thoughts in her regard and in regard to our subject matter today. And for that, we begin with these words. Numbers are the universal language offered by the deity to humans as the confirmation of truth. And though one might expect to hear a phrase like numbers don't lie by an accountant, <laughs> or a mathematician, or even perhaps a politician, those words date back to right around 400 AD by a Roman African Christian theologian named St. Augustine of Hippo. And though we normally credit the ancient Greek philosopher Pythagoras as the first true numerologist, at least in Western culture. Pythagoras never said anything like that, <laughs> nor was he really considering numbers as helping define or refine our own personal humors. He did see they had very special qualities, but St. Augustine of Hippo, at very least indirectly, tied them in with divinity. He saw the spiritual significance of certain numbers, such as the number coined the Jesus number, which is 888 or other numbers with biblical significance, like the number seven, days it took for God to create the earth, or the number three, according to St. Augustine, signifying the number of times Jesus asked God to avoid crucifixion, and the time of day Jesus was crucified, that being three in the afternoon, or the number of the Antichrist, debatably 666, depending on whom you ask, Spiritual references aside, the term numerology wasn't actually coined until the early 1900s, believe it or not. And there, certain numbers register as particularly pertinent to us, such as our month of birth, day of birth, and year of birth, or certain numbers correlating with letters in our names. It goes through the alphabet, most common method attributed to Pythagoras. It's a nine number system for letters A through I, and then looping again to the end of the alphabet, or a system that actually predates Pythagoras called the Chaldean system, stemming back to ancient Babylonians as far back as the 600s BC. And in that, 
there are eight numbers, so A through H. And the number nine for them had an almost holy kind of significance for them, uh, so they didn't use that one. But we can find that soon enough if Lois T. Martin has a preference for which system she uses. <laughs> but first, in the spirit of poetry, a nice short poem about numbers from that rare poet we read from that's still alive. We don't usually do that. <laughs> this from an Indian poet. Uh, named uh, Viraya uh, Sublakshimi, dating around 2015. This is called Numbers. Numbers are cruel when the heart beats 90 per minute, when pressure is down, very down, high, very high, fluctuating. Numbers are cruel when wearing spectacles. Power cannot be adjusted, must buy a new pair. Numbers are cruel when using a glucometer. Higher the reading, must control the eating. Numbers are cruel when one has thousands, sometimes in negatives, and the other has millions. Numbers are cruel when one is young and fresh and the other old and in a mess. <laughs> Bigger the number, the wiser. That very last stanza I can agree with. <laughs> it seems that this poet finds that numbers are cruel. So I think it's a good time to bring our honored guest on and see if the numbers will be kind to us in regard especially to 2020. So ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to our dear friend and numerologist extraordinaire, the great Lois T. Martin to Kindness Beyond the Veil. Hello, Lois. Welcome to Kindness Beyond the Veil. How are you today? Hi, Chip, and thank you for all of that. You gave me an education. I didn't even know half of the stuff you were saying. <laughs> Well, I had to look it up. Yeah, half of it I didn't know either, you know. Yeah, normally, right? Normally I use Pythagoras, but, um, you know, and I, I didn't really realize because he gave such special value to numbers, you know. He, too, saw three as very special because it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, you know. And he was also particularly fond of the number nine, uh, because, you know, it's closest to 10, I suppose, as high as we can go on the base 10 scale for numbers. And I didn't realize that in numerology, when you do your your name, you know, and have to attribute numbers to each letter in the name, that there were different systems uh, that both date back to the BCs. Pythagoras system is around uh, 380 BC, and the Babylonian Chaldean system uh, which only uses one through eight for the letters, uh, A through H, and then repeating, because the number nine, they thought was some, I think holy is the wrong word to use, but it had a very special spiritual significance to them, so they just didn't think they'd include it in that system. Um, do you, when you use letters, I guess I'll ask fair, fairly enough, um, when you attribute numbers to letters, when you do birth names or people's names that they go by, you know, these days. And if you had preference to uh, which one, you know, like I'm Charles P. Uh, Reichenthal, but I'm Chip. I, you know, I've always been Chip. So I don't know if you would go by Charles P. or Charles Philip or, or Chip for me. And if you have a number system that goes one through nine or one through eight when assigning numbers to these letters. Well, again, I want to thank you for having me on. That's and, a pleasure. Uh, 
I love I love doing what I do. So it's it's a deep passion. Um, I I work with the Pythagoras method, and I work with the Lois T. Martin method that is channeled. <laughs> oh, you go, girl. <laughs> with the spirit, uh, with the, with the uh, uh, leadership of numerological guides oh. that um, I'm very blessed to have as my friends, quote unquote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, um, uh, I'm doing numbers now over 43 years, and I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I find for me, and every numerologist or anybody in astrology, whatever, has their own way. I find that the letters and the numbers have a particular shape, like we do. We all have a different shape. And numbers and letters have different shapes, which is also the, the, the definition of part of our character. Mm. And so you're saying that your name is on your birth certificate because that's what I use, the name on the birth certificate, okay. even if it's misspelled. <laughs> and, many, and many people do not have a name on their birth certificate. They're written on their female, male. Actually, even Charles Manson on his birth certificate has no name. Wow. That's what it says, no name. Mm. And we, the name, again, if it's being misspelled, that's where we start. Mm -hmm. We don't use we don't use juniors, first, seconds, and so forth. Okay. It's how it is on the birth certificate. So if it's so, misspelled, do you take the misspelled version? I, we start with that. And it's the same thing with a person who has been adopted. They may not know their original name, mm-hmm. and they may never know. So we use that name that's on the birth certificate. And that's where it all begins. We start this blueprint. And as I am looking at the person's full name, I am looking at the vowels. I am looking at the consonants. And I am looking at the challenges and the turning points with these letters and numbers. It's really, if you create in your mind, say, uh, just for example, a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. Okay. And the name begins the frame. We need the frame to this puzzle. It's very fascinating for myself, and I don't do anything on a computer. Everything is by a pencil and wow. an eraser. Oh, good for you. And yeah, I, I don't do it because when I am personally doing a chart, I am already being fed information, mm-hmm. even to the point, and I could brag about this. <laughs> Go for I it. Hear, I hear, I could hear, you made a mistake on the math. <laughs> and I have to go back. That's why I use an eraser, okay? Ah, okay. And, um, I, because math has to prove. You know, no matter, you ask an accountant, your checkbooks, it has to prove. And there are so many of the formulas that I use that if they don't prove out in addition, something is wrong. 
Oh, okay. And how I am looking at this person. So I have the vowels. I have the consonants. I have the a full name. The vowels in a person's name represent their heart's desires, what it is that they want, what it is that they would love or be a part of in this lifetime. Please keep an open mind. This also comes from past life. And this is something that can be seen through your name in your birth chart. And when I'm looking at this, I can see the heart's desire is about where people will say, you know, I always wanted to be a dancer. Oh, I always wanted to be a lawyer, but I couldn't. All of this is coming from the vowels. Interesting. And when I look at the consonants, the total of the consonants in a person's name has much to do with their outer personality, how they want people to see them. So I could, you know, say, oh, you know, Uh, I met with Chip today, and what a happy-go-lucky guy. And the person who knows him deeper will say, he is? (laughs) is You know? Right. So the consonants are kind of like the outer side of ourselves. Interesting. When we take the name, the name total represents your talents and your capabilities. What do you want to do in this lifetime? Um, that's why uh, businesses, entertainers, they change their name so it could flow with the direction in their interest in what it is they want to put out there. Many, many entertainers, public figures, those are not their original names. They change their names. Well, what what would you do in that? Like if uh, Ringo Starr's real name is Richard Starkey, for example, would you... Do Richard Starkey or Ringo Starr or a little of both or uh, just the birth certificate? Good question. That, this would apply to somebody that was adopted who okay. would know their original name. One, uh, as far as a name change, is that I have to use both. Interesting. Use the birth certificate and I need to use the one that is being used today. And that's pretty much the same thing with women. Even though I don't know if you're aware of it, more men are picking up and using women's names today. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get married. But a lot of women, when they take on the husband's names, okay. they're changing identity. In other words, anytime you're changing your name, a letter in the name, uh, or, or a whole different reference of what it is you're putting out, You're changing your identity. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a simple task from changing a letter Y to a letter I in your name. There's a lot of components to it that I, as a numerologist, would have to look at. Well, wait a minute. This may not add up or uh, be cooperative with the date of birth of this person. Mm. You might even have to tell an entertainer to change their entertainment name because <laughs> it doesn't jive with what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> and, and it's very true, and it's the same thing with businesses, okay, when people are looking to name their business. And mm-hmm. many people who are expecting children, and let's say they come from a musical or political-type background, 
they want a name that's going to fit that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, you know, that makes sense. We believe we choose the name. We choose our name. And many people do not like their name. They look at me and they say, no way would I have chosen that name. Mm-hmm. But we mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Because every letter has a numerical value. The alphabet is composed of 26 letters. And whatever these letters that you are choosing, you need to go through the length of cycle through those letters so we can move on to the next part of your next journey. It it all coordinates. It all coincides together. And it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but it's just an expression. Mm. People who use initials in their name, and I'll ask this in a lot of my classes, presentations, and they'll say, I'll ask how many use an initial. People will say they use it all the time. Some people say, "Ah, I just use it once in a while. Mm -hmm. But once you stick an initial in your name, you're indicating, I don't want you to know too much about me. Interesting. Can you imagine what TJ Maxx is all about? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, my legal signature is Charles P. Reichenthal, you know, but only because Reichenthal is long, you know, and, and so Charles and Philip would be even longer. So I do it really just to shorten things down. I'll tell them. <laughs> they know my middle name up though. Yeah, but maybe I'm hiding and don't realize that I'm hiding. It's just I have it's such a, a long name. It's a private side of ourselves. Now, I use a T and my first to, to last name, because if you look at the shape of the T, it has that, you know, it has its body and the head goes across. That, to me, balances my first name as well as my last name. So it's a bridge for both of it. It keeps Interesting. my first. Yes. So I keep my letter T for business purposes in there. Mm. And, of course, I have a private life, but the fact is, is that, um, yeah, initials are about a private private part of a person. And, of course, since I do this so much, I look at the shape of the letter that is the initial in a person's name. Mm-hmm. And the other interesting part is nicknames. When mm-hmm. people have a nickname, in your case, you have a nickname, Chip, mm-hmm. and you like it. No I problem. Do. Everybody could call you Chip. It's not a problem. Right. But there are people, such as, here is an example, uh, we're at a party, and I say, uh, Robert, I want you to meet Chip. And he says, hi, my name is Bob. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. People do the same thing. I'm Mike. Now, a lot of people don't like being called the shortened virgin, uh, mm. version, version, mm-hmm. version of their names. They, you know, such as um, you could have, let's say, Patricia. She may not like that. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, my, my daughter does that. So I, I wanted to ask you, because now you're getting into a, a territory that, that is uh, of personal reference to my life. You know, my middle initial, by the way, P, I, I kind of liked it because P, you know, big head, little body. Right. <laughs> so I have to well, work extra hard on my humility now because I've got such a. I phrase that a little bit differently. Uh, (laughs) The letter B has a skinny body and a fat head. Okay. (laughs) The reason why, because they're thinkers. P 
keys think. Everything is up here in the head. Oh, yeah, yeah. They so think, amazing. and they think, and they analyze, and they think, and, and it's just like they're stuck. But then, just to, I'll come back to you in a second, if you look at the letter R, R is, let's say, the cousin to the letter P, but mm -hmm. R has a leg, and the leg is faced to the right. And the, leg, the R has a skinny body, a fat head, with the leg going to the right that says, move on. Letter R's, let go, move on. Yeah. So they get stuck because most people who have R's or 9's or I's in their name or chart have a hard time in letting go. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the P is the same way because they think too much and they analyze everything. Always seeking, here's the perfect word for P, perfection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfection. and for R, restless, I guess, because that, that's, that's me. I... That's, R, R is a better word for me that I see R as resistant. Resistant? Oh. Um, because the, the restlessness comes from the resistance that they are a fearful or for whatever reason cannot move on. Mm -hmm. yeah. And R has to move on. It has to let go. And if you look at these people who have a letter I in their name, here's that skinny body. It's got a nice long head on the top, and it's got a base root line on the bottom. Look at them. They're kind of like stuck. They really don't know where to go. <laughs> they really are locked in over here. So if you have a name like Irene, or Iris, or Ira, you know, it, it's, they kind of, kind of have their own, how you say, journey that they picked, and when you tell them, well, you chose this name, they'll look, at, they say to you, you're crazy, I wouldn't have done that, but you did. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, it is, it makes a lot of sense, especially with the Irenes and Iris that I know, they're, you know, they're, their own path, uh, for sure. Now, my daughter, uh, we named her uh, Veronica Lavelle. Veronica was for uh, each each of us picked uh, the female in our lives that meant the most to us. I suppose for my wife Terry, Veronica was her grandmother. She was a very spiritual woman, and uh, was like this cushion, you know, if you will, for for my wife uh, during her formative years, which were. Uh, let's just say less than calm, a bit stormy. Uh, but it was her grandmother. For me, it was my mom. Um, well, we used to, her initial name. When she got married, she didn't just change her last name. She changed uh, her first and middle names too because she, it was like her knight in shining armor came along. So she wanted to find uh, a not a new identity per se, uh, but something that was just different and new because it was like a new beginning. They're soulmates, you know. Um, right. And but my my daughter, you know, with the name Veronica, there are two nicknames that were common to that that we knew of. One was Ronnie, and the other was Nikki. And right. so so. Of all the, and I'm not generalizing here, but I will generalize, of all the people that we knew, my wife and I knew, that were named Nikki or named Ronnie, 
the ones named Nikki seemed, at least from our perspective, to be more bubbly, effervescent, you know, more personality. So he chose Nikki as the nickname. Uh, and as my daughter got older, she, you know, kids get rebellious. She, uh, she goes by Veronica, you know, rather than Nikki, because again, kind of, uh, might as well be an Irene or an Ira. <laughs> Wanted it like her, her own personal path, you know. I don't know if it's so much a rebellious as much of the fact, really, I would identify it as this is whom at this time in her life, this is her identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that letter V that begins in that name is a very intense, strong letter. And V relates to the 22nd letter of the alphabet. And in numerology, we do reduce numbers to a single digit. So two and 20, 22 is a master number though, isn't it? Right. The 22, before you get to be the master, okay, you have to first understand what, what, what it is and why you want to be the master. Right. So the 22 is regarded as a number four. And the V, if you look at the shape of the letter V, it looks the two hands praying upward to the heavens. And it says, show me. And yeah. that's where the mastership comes. Okay. See, I look and at the letter V and I think of two two legs spread wide open. So she's still got that chastity belt on until she's 30. That's all I'm saying well, about that. Well, um, <laughs> uh, I didn't know that this was an X-rated show. Would you like to talk <laughs> it's about It's not. A, no. <laughs> Just that, a little off-color. If you look at it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so... But the fact is here is that, you know, when I'm looking at Veronica in itself, you know, this is a very, how would you say, I, these 22, 13s, Ds, Ms, they don't like change. They like order. They need it in their way, order. Yeah. They just don't like order. They don't like rules and regulations either. Yet they are the disciplinarians. Yeah. It's ironic in a way. So it's not by coincidence as we would put it, you know. Mm -hmm. Your name is very, very important. The name, as I say, it's your identity. It gives us little tidbits about you, your humor, your your serious side, of, you know, uh, things that you could be over-possessive with and so forth. But, you know, every letter, people will say, well, what are my lucky numbers? You know, basically, they're all lucky. It's just how you want to use them. Hmm. Yeah. That, you know, you know that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like Friday the 13th, for some reason, you know, especially with people uh, particularly superstitious, they see it as a, 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 a just an unlucky day, you know. But there, there is a four as part of my code, I guess, you know. Uh, so Friday the 13th has generally been a lucky day for me because any 13th has been good. Fours work for me for some reason. I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with my, you know, I mean, my, uh, I'm seven, eight, five is my, uh, what, uh, month, day, year. I don't know what my name adds up to. 
And, you know, I don't think anybody's ever given me the same answer of numerology wise. Some say I'm a two. Some say I am an 11 or a 22, which is a master number. Some say I'm a 30. I, and I don't know where they get this stuff from. <laughs> it's yeah. Actually, it's the way that they're picking it up is the way they're adding it. You can add it vertically. You can add it horizontally. Or, and it's the way that you reduce a number or if you don't reduce a number. Mm-hmm. So that's where they're picking all of this up on you, on different numbers. And yeah. um, in, in, in my, in my thinking with you, I would do it a few different ways to see if I'm missing out on something. Mm-hmm. And normally my numerological guides will tell me, uh, add it this way also. And that's very much, let me just go back to the letters again. That's very much like the letter Y. Y in numerology is also looked at times in the formula for, um, uh, uh, as a vowel. Right. And when we look at, uh, for me, this is for me, I don't say other numerologists do this, but for me, when I do that, I also have to look at it as a consonant because those who have a Y in their name are Y people. They always want to know why. I want to know why. Tell me why. <laughs> Tell me why. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah. I need to see the, the undertone side, the underneath layer of this person. So I'm not just going to take this and look at the Y as a... Um, I can't do it. I'd be missing yeah. out on something. Well, it's that word sometimes, you know, E-E-I-O-U and sometimes why. That sometimes thing gets in the way, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, and then many, 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 many eons ago, W was also a value. A value. Mm-hmm. A vowel. Vowel. A, yeah. a and, um, yeah, it's, a, it's just fascinating, Chip. I just <laughs> love the letters. I love being introduced to people, and, and they'll say, oh, well, my name is uh, Ronnie. We'll use that. How do you spell that? Because I never anymore take for granted how people spell their names. Right, yeah. Uh, oh, especially in this day and age, they come up with the most creative ways to spell it that you never would have guessed in your wildest imagination. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you know, I w- wanted to ask you something that you kind of went over a, a while back. But I, I wanted to stick on that for a moment and, and talk about with with uh, women, especially married women, the maiden names versus their uh, surname, their original family surname. Uh, in the case of uh, most women, unless they do the hyphen thing, you know, and use both of their names in their name, would you have to do both or are you just really birth certificate girl? No, I'm not a birth certificate only. No, 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 no. Um, it's like anything else. If you don't use it, you lose it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with your, your birth certificate name. If you're not using it, it never goes away. It's there. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's you're playing with the energy, the vibration, the frequencies of the letters that you're using every day mm-hmm. in a name. So if a person is coming to me, and they say, well, I use this, I spell my name this way. I'll say, okay. 
and I will use the hyphenated name. Or they'll say to me, I'll use it sometimes. Okay, now that I have all this down with them, the reason for this reading could be a compatibility chart. It could be for business. It can be for the fact of just the seeking of identity and wanting to change their name again. Mm. So it isn't just one little factor and say, oh, yeah, well, like I said earlier, to change a Y to an I or an E to a, a Y is not so easy to do if you wanted to coordinate with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, my wife is very brave. I mean, her maiden name is Smith, you know, and, and she went with Reichenthal. You know, I was thinking about maybe we could use her name. It'd be easier to just be Smith, you know, and I have to spell an 11 letter surname every time I sign checks or something. You know, but with the name Smith, you know, you get that look when you go to hotels and sign in. Oh, sure, Mr. Smith, come right this way. <laughs> you know, they ain't buying into it. <laughs> I, I see your point. But again, you know, again, if, if the fact that you were to on take her name and again, in my world and what I do, nothing is ever a coincidence. Mm -hmm. then there was a reason why you needed to go through that S-M-I-T-H, if it's spelled that way, because Smith is. is also S-M-Y. Yeah, with the, with the Y. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's the I. And yeah, uh, yeah. I am the last one of my particular family line to carry that name, you know, the Reichenthal. Oh, okay. So I, yeah. So uh, there was a little passion and deciding to keep the name. Well, I, and again, you remember, this is you. Every every shape, every part of that name, that lettering in your name is your makeup. It's who you are. You, you know, people say, oh, you mean it's like my genealogy. Yeah, call it that. It's your DNA. <laughs> All right. Well, Did let I me ask you something in particular to... Um, uh, and not for selfish reasons, but particular to me, because Chip is the name that I've always gone by. I signed my, my legal name, you know, Charles Philip or Charles P. I used for signatures and legal things, you know, but I, otherwise I'm, I'm Chip. <clears throat> so, and with that in mind, and I kind of feel like a, I'm, I'm representing the chips of the world, you know, there's mm -hmm. not that many of us. But it's really a shortened version of Charles Phillips, CH from Charles and the last IP in Philip. You know, it's a condensed version of both names, but it also, you know, has some character that I particularly identify with. With right. that said, you know, would there be any value for me in asking for in a numerology setting to be Chip and not Charles Phillip or is there such a profound difference with the birth certificate name over the nickname, regardless of how I feel, um, that we should do the birth certificate name? You're no, it. no. Like it's not just like an astrology. You just don't read your sun sign. You have a rising sign. You have a moon sign. There are other components in your chart. Right. We're just not looking at the name. There's a date of birth here. These numbers are very important, what's going on. These are lesson numbers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And just to say, well, yeah, you would benefit if you did this. 
by using just that name or that. No, this this would be something that here comes the pencil and paper, okay, and now start figuring. It doesn't doesn't work that way too good. You have to sit down with it. So when you said to me, well, I want to change my name, I would say, okay, number one, what is the reasoning? Number two, what is the name that you're looking to use? And what is your birth certificate name? And we're off and running. Ah, interesting. All right, Happy yeah, because I know a lot of people that seem to identify with their nicknames or whatever name that they call themselves or refer to themselves, or if they change the spelling of their name like Terry or Randy or something, you know, I or Y or EE -E or whatever. Um, that might make a difference to them, but if they come to you and say, this is my birth certificate name and this is the name that I chose or I go by or, or that I identify with, um, would you would you do something for both or just really stick to uh, one or the other? Or does again, it really depend on the person? Again, it's not just calling it one thing. We need to look at the formula. We need to look the purpose and everything that I just explained to you because it may not be beneficial for a person to do it. Now, I want to bring out another point about a name. Anyone who changes a name, usually, it usually, on most of, on the average, it takes one year for a new name change to take effect. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so just because today you want to be Smith, it's going to take a while. Now, this will definitely relate, I'll say, with women who want to go back to use their maiden name, hmm. and they are preparing for a divorce and whatever, they want to change that name, their marriage name back to that. Uh, I always tell the people, in my opinion, is for you, sign your name, introduce yourself in the public as Mrs. Jones, you know, Miss Jones, um, legally until you're able to change it. Because if you write it, you could see it, you could visualize it. How does it feel to you? Is it, re is it attaching to you? at a pace that you are looking for it to attach to you. A lot of people, women particularly, prefer to keep their marriage name mm -hmm. because of their children because they mm -hmm. don't want to confuse their children. I laugh. Right. Your kids are already confused. Are you <laughs> kidding me? So it's like, <laughs> I just don't get that. But whatever it is that they want to do, that's fine. But you just can't call it like that, Chip. You have to... There, there, there's, there's rhyme and reason to all of this. Well, the one year sound it makes sense to me, especially in position of uh, an end, a relationship ending, as they always tell you, <clears throat> you know, take a year to yourself, you know, don't jump into something else right away. Take a year. And it's like, well, a year is a long time. <laughs> what do you mean a year? But, you know, and I, I've done that. I, I followed that advice and found that, you know, if you take a year to take all that love and energy that you would put into this other person for the sake of the, that relationship <clears throat> and use it on yourself, you know, A, it's very beneficial. And, and B, you build yourself up stronger in that year's time. <clears throat> 
and you kind of find the definition of yourself and your purpose within that year, and it makes you stronger. And by the end of that year, you don't need another relationship to fall back on because you have this beautiful foundation for yourself. And of course, that's when they all, you know, start knocking on your door. (laughs) When you don't need one, that's when you find one, you know. People always say... That's yeah. true, but but you know, Chip. Again, everybody's got to work their own pace. And as I said before, your date of birth plays a big role in this. Mm. And and it's timing because everything is timing. Mm. Yeah. Everything. I don't care what you think. Everything is timing. No, I agree with that. And, and when when we turn around, you could say, well, yeah, it could take a year. It, it could take two years for a person. It's a, it's the matter, it's their journey that we're on. And when I look at that date of birth, and I see particular numbers, and again, I'm using the number nine just for reference here, is they have a, a harder time in letting go. It takes them a long time. And one of their favorite lines, the nine is, "Why did it take me so damn long to do this?" <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. You know, and it's what that nine does. So I think it's a personal thought where we could find another person. Let's say I'll say a number five. And a number five can, hey, it's over. So long. Goodbye. This is not tying me down. Because five came into this lifetime of learning personal freedom from within. So it really depends. Now I'm saying the date of birth. Now I got to go back to the letters in the name. Mm. And I don't want to frighten any of your listeners away like this is some complicating uh, mathematical uh, system. No. If you like psychology, you would like the numbers mm-hmm. because everything in the numbers is either one through nine because 10 is a double digit, which is mm-hmm. one plus zero is one. And the master number is 11, 22, 33, 44, up to 99. This is what you need to know. And every letter, every number has a soulful purpose for the choices that we make to come here. Mm. Look yeah, around it resonated with me. <clears throat> everything around us is based on numbers. Your yeah. house number, your phone number your social security number, your license plate. And people say, well, I didn't pick that license plate. <laughs> yeah, like you say, you didn't pick your name. But it was it by random? No. The VIN number on a car, <laughs> your checkbook number, mm-hmm. everything is connected. To yeah, you. and there are no coincidences. I mean, it's weird because <clears throat> my, uh, my uh, birthday, uh, you know, month, day, year, uh, reduced uh, 785 and my phone number for most of my life was in the 785 area of my town not the area code but the the uh, first three numbers of the phone the prefix uh, 785 it's weird my my wife and I we got married on our 11 month anniversary dating uh, we chose 11 because 11 is one and one together. You know, I thought that was kind of romantic. Probably make some people ill, you know, too romantic maybe. But, you know, the places we lived 
would add up to 11, you know. We, we well, lived in a 29 once, <laughs> adds to 11. Yeah. The 11 in itself, you're right, 11 is unionship, 11 mm. is partnership. It doesn't make it always a romantic relationship, it could be a business partnership. True. But the one and the one, as we're seeing it as a two, 11, two, 11 is a master number in numerology, mm. and they are... They are the visionaries. They are the one that um, really are, are inspirational to people. But again, I have to look at it as two ones. And mm -hmm. one is a very independent number. Right. Does not like being told what to do. Mm -hmm. Ones are leaders. Yeah. So in a relationship, if it be personal or business, you know, I'm looking at the two ones. They could either be very supportive to one another or they could be bucking heads all the time true yeah there's that you know fortunately i have the former in mine <laughs> this is good but you yeah, know it's but 11 i mean for me because uh, i i'm generally a two at least so, so i've been told i don't think that's what you said but uh, some people had said it's an 11, and I'd rather have the 11 than the 2. That makes sense. It just resonates. So a weird question for you, <clears throat> because people have their favorite numbers, you know, or people have numbers that mean an awful lot to them that may or may not have anything to do with the soul number, the life path number, or, or any of the other numbers. You know, one is the month of birth, the other's date of birth, the other's year of birth. And then what your name adds up to and you put them all together because I don't feel like a two I read the description for what two is it doesn't resonate for me <clears throat> I'm I'm I don't consider myself a follower per se or you know uh, can't really have much success without being in some partnership or working with another person because I, I see with the exception of my marriage, I, I see myself rather independent in, in that sense. So a lot of that stuff doesn't resonate with me. <clears throat> my favorite number is eight. And that's my uh, my day of birth adds to eight. It's a 26, so it adds to eight. But I always liked eight because, you know, sideways, it's an infinite number. <laughs> you know, and, and right up, it's well-rounded. Um, but, but and, and it calls for speculation, I'm sure. Do you Have you seen any particular correlation between someone's favorite number and a number that may appear in their chart? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and people see numbers all the time in signs. Mm -hmm. They see it on their Oh, the, uh, the 11, 11 we talk about all the time. Yeah. yeah, the 11-11, the 2-2-2, the 8-0-7, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, numbers are guides. When people see, let's say we're using the one 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 one, you know, it's always the, the um, oh, those are my angels, those are my guides. Well, maybe. Maybe, maybe it's your pet on the other side, too. But what we're really doing is our attention is now becoming more aware of the higher guidance that is above us. Now, if you learn numbers, you would understand the one, the one, the one, the one, or two, 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 or whatever. 
And don't forget, I add them up. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for these numbers. So you, in your question, to, yes, people will see, oh, this has always been a lucky number, and I don't know why I always seem to have this address or, like you, a phone number. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Enjoy it. Embrace it. Thank, thankfully, you could be aware of it. Mm -hmm. Now, if you break each one down and understand it, you'd have a better understanding why this number is attached to you. Now, you said the number two doesn't resonate to you. Mm. And I don't think that that's quite a, an accurate statement because somewhere that two did connect to you in a, in a lifetime here mm -hmm. that brought you to the higher number of 11, which also brought you to a 29 that others have said that they see you. And I know you're saying that 28 <clears throat> and that six, no, that eight is your lucky, is, is a good number, but your date of birth, day of birth is two and six. Mm -hmm. So as a, an, a numerologist, I'm looking at that two and six because eight is working through two. Eight is working through six. Mm -hmm. So number two does play a role to you. And it's not just the follower. Because those who have prominent number ones in their chart, I said they're leaders, need the number two to follow through what it is that needs to be accomplished. Uh. So even though they say that number one and three and five, all the odd numbers are extroverted numbers and the even numbers are introverted numbers, I, I don't believe that. I believe it's just the opposite. Because mm -hmm. one likes to be alone. Mm -hmm. Two yeah. doesn't like to be alone. Yeah. So the only thing sense. with two, two in its way, has their peacemakers. I don't want to argue. I just don't want to argue about it. And they keep it bottled up. But let me tell you something. When a two explodes, get the hell out of the way. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, to tell people, you know, I I, I get angry, you know, from uh, of course, like anybody, from time to time. But when I get mad, that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. And oh, it yeah. doesn't happen often because you know most stuff bounces off of me. But yeah, when when I get mad, it's like everybody knows. Leave town. <laughs> And you know, you know, it's also like, I'm going to go back to your number eight a minute. If you look at the number eight, it's a half of a three. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And the number three, and anybody who was born in March or December or born on the 3rd, the 12th, the 21st, 30th of any month. Okay. You know, they're very creative people. They're creative in the field of what it is that they're in. They could be... Uh, they could be insurance people. They, they know how to talk. They're entertainers. They know how to talk. Um, they could be decorators. You see, three needs to express. If they don't, they're very moody people. They're up, they're down, and so forth. Mm -hmm. If I take it and connect it with the number eight, and let's say I'm looking at a person in their chart, and I see, let's say, they're vib vibrating in a three-year, and yet they're day of birth is a number eight base, I would tell them to shut their mouth because they're going to lose their money. 
<laughs> because aid is about money. Aid right. is about the material factors. And we all go through cycles, and that all comes from our date of birth that tells us about our personal year. It tells us about the transits that we're going through. And you said it right before when you were opening up. We are entering a brand new decade. Mm. And this is going to be a very major, big shift in 2020. Mm. Now, being we're in the number 12 month, Mm-hmm. The 12 relates to the past, the present, the future. Uh, it relates to the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It also relates to things coming threes. So I would tell you, say to the people this month, as I do on my own radio show, I would say to them, listen, this is a month that, you know, you're, you have to look back where you are at the moment, and what it is you want to project now for this new cycle coming up. Right. And 12 coming in threes, you, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I just heard somebody's getting married. Oh, would you believe it? Somebody else I just heard is getting married. Mm. And it doesn't have to be personal in your family. It Mm. could have to do with a friend tells you about it. It's Mm. an earshot. And once you keep getting aware, holy moly, this isn't threes. Wow, I can't believe it. Three babies are going to be being born, I know, of this year. It's, it's remarkable. But yeah. it's the end of the cycle, and we look at as the Earth Mother that is preparing for birth. And any woman who has had children knows that sometimes by the time we are ready to deliver or want to deliver, we are willing to ride an elephant to get it over with. <laughs> and when this happens, You have to go through the labor. So if we all think of this number 12, what it is this year, 2019, you have been laboring in. Hmm. Because the delivery is coming for you on January 1st. Hmm. Not that. Now, I just want to make a reference. I'll let you talk with me. Everybody thinks, oh, I'm in a brand new year, January 1st. Yes, you're right. But your birthday, your personal year, works mm. birthday to birthday. So even though in January coming, you're going to be uh, six, seven, eight, in a one year, I think it is for you, mm. okay, you still didn't lose the number nine year yet until July. Yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, with the... Uh, uh, Birthday was especially on uh, Facebook or something where you write it out. I would, you know, say, uh, let's hope that this new year, in quotes, you know, will be magnificent, joyous, abundant, you know, exceed your hopes and dreams. Because, that, yeah, I always thought, that, you know, that our personal year uh, goes from birthday to birthday. And it was always, you know, and... I DJed nightclubs for about 24 years, and New Year's Eve was a huge event, of course, when you do the countdown and all that. But people would always make these um, these New Year's, uh, uh, what, reservations or whatever? <laughs> yeah, resolutions where they say, oh, I'm going to lose weight, or I'm going to, you know, quit smoking, or I'm going to do this or that. And they never, they'd never meet them, <laughs> you know, uh, but because they would tell me I'd keep track just to see 
you know. And I think the batting average was next to zero on, on you know, people making these resolutions and keeping them because most of the time where they make them, they're, you know, drunk. <laughs> sure, I'm going to do this. And, you know, what? Once that alcohol leaves them, you know, they're saying, well, what, what the hell did I promise? Or, you know, why? So, yeah. I think- you know, that there are those out there whom are getting the turning the corner cycle in their life, in mm. their chart, mm-hmm. that will have more determination, are in a better position now to follow through. And yes, I, I hear you. Most are drunk, stoned, whatever, and they're making all these promises. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's so much more to it. And look, I'm not an astrologer, but astrology plays a big part with numerology. It we does. Were sisters, sciences. Mm-hmm. We were sciences together at one time. Yeah, yeah, and indeed. It plays a very big role in what the transits in Jupiter and I. Like I said, I'm not an astrologer, but I follow so faithfully Mercury retrogrades. Oh, yes. Because Mercury is the planet of communication, mm-hmm. and every number communicates. Yeah. So the fact is, is that when we're in a Mercury and I'm looking at somebody's chart and I'm seeing what numbers they are in, it's a big aid in helping this person understand this is a time you could sink ships with your lips, so you better be quiet. Right. Well, um, let me ask you this. In regard to Mercury retrograde, my uh, my astrologer friends, and uh, see, I agree, numerology and astrology do go hand in hand, and they were the great sciences at one time, especially in the years B.C. We talk about when Pythagoras was around. So was Socrates and, and Plato and um, Aristotle. You know, and they considered alchemy and numerology and astrology like the almost regal sciences, if you will. Uh, but that was BC, and I think once the C came along, <laughs> that changed a lot of the way we looked at things. Um, you know, especially from about 100 AD onward to even in in this day and age. But the astrology people with the Mercury retrograde. I don't see it necessarily as, uh, you know, well, your computer's going to break down and everything's going to break down. They see it as uh, the re-factor, uh, reset, rethink, refocus, you know. Um, do you agree with that assessment or are you more concerned with communication proper? Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, uh, sometimes we, we definitely have to review Okay, Mm -hmm. under Mercury retrograde, because it is a communicated planet and communication gets messed up. If it be electronically, if it be person to person. Oh, absolutely. I am very much don't order things under uh, a Mercury retrograde. Of -hmm. course, I have the uh, thank God a gift that I can look at the numbers and say, I'm definitely not going to do it in this day. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, I, would I go for a Botox? Well, I never do, but if I went through a Botox under a Mercury retrograde, no. No, no. But no, I agree. Uh, definitely, it's it's retrospect. It's reviewing. It's retracting. Right. 
Well, it's just my, my concern is that I see a lot of people on social media, once the retrograde is here, it almost is a self-fulfilling prophecy that something wrong is going to happen. And uh, that um, I, I don't like to see people doing that. Uh, I've always c considered retrogrades an exciting time because there are challenges to be met, but it is a time to just reflect, you know, to take a look and, and say, well, is the, how's this working for me and, and should I change that? Rather than automatically say the sky is falling because the mercury is in retrograde. Well, you know what, listen, I hear what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. But it also depends on where mercury is in your astrological chart. That is true. It also makes a difference what, where your numbers are placed in your date of birth and in your name. So, yes, these components do play a part in that. But the other part is it's factual. It's factual. We do have elect, elect, uh, electronic difficulties. Yeah. But we and can have those with, uh, without a Mercury retrograde, too, though. That's, that's my... Yes, but it's, it's a little bit more during that cycle okay and when it happens three to four times out of the year and you're seeing this a little bit more than often yes people do you know the big word is oh oh no you know <laughs> not again right. you know what is mercury always here people you know we no sooner feel like we're out of it we're in it again <laughs> right you know? yeah it does but, seem that way yeah it does but it's you know, I have to say, because I could see it for myself, it's the same thing. It's the same thing what people are saying. I, you know, somebody said, I called, they never got your message. You know, I can't get through on the phone. The computer won't go on. I, and I have to say, even when I do my own shows, I have the biggest problem over the Internet oh, sure. with my shows. Yeah, radio and Murphy's Law have this thing together. They really love each other, you know. Murphy's oh, Law yeah. loves radio. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong, but exactly. especially during a retrograde. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But you can't make it up. It is what it is, you know. True, true. It is. It, it, it's, it's real. Do I follow the eclipses? Absolutely. Because mm -hmm. the moon cycle is very, very important. Because oh, the, the there's energy. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, especially with the moon, the moon emotions, but with eclipses, there, there's energy shifts, you know, and yes, if you and are sensitive to them, you can really feel them. And the energy shifts that what the moon is, you know, doing, the frequencies, so are we, because the moon is water, and we're all made up of water. So that's why emotions are really spinning away over here. Yeah. And the moon, the eclipses, enhances this time of whatever this change is, or what we're got new moon or a full moon, whatever, a partial eclipse, a total eclipse, whatever. The fact is, is that, you know, they're very real, and it's very real, a little stronger to those born in February and November. Mm. Those on the 2nd, the 11th, the 20th, and the 29th of any month. Interesting. Those who also have the letters B, K, and T in their names. Hmm. And, of course, you know, other parts of adding your 
entire date of birth and coming up with what we call a life number. And that's adding your month, day, and total year. So when people say, well, I, I told my year out, first you have to add your year. You have to write 1950, whatever. Don't write 50. You have to write out the whole set of numbers. So, yeah, it's very, very important with depending these 11s, the number 2s, February, November. Okay, but I have to stop you there and, and ask why uh, February and November, you know, or why the 1, 11, 20, 29? Are they water numbers or something? They relate to the moon. Interesting. They relate to water. They relate to emotion. Hmm. I didn't say any other number doesn't. They do. But right. this is a little bit more than another. And so we are affected, and those who have an 11, don't forget, they're also a two reduced. So they're carrying a double, how you say, weight on their shoulders. The same thing with 22, it's also a four. 33, it's also a six. So they didn't pick a fortunate, oh, I'm a masterful person. They got a lot more work to do than just a single day. Yeah, with, with great power comes great responsibility as a master. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So, you know, and there's consequences to what we do. So the fact that, um, you know, these months and the 11 are very high, uh, how you say, can feel more uh, anxious or depressed during the eclipse and the moon cycle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I found some of them overwhelming. I'm a fire sign, you know, but I, I just... For some reason, some some of the eclipses, uh, some of that energy, and you're anticipating great things because everybody says this. There is a special spiritual significance attributed to this particular eclipse or this particular full moon. <clears throat> and even though I'm anticipating with giddiness this this great new energy, sometimes I get bombarded by it, overwhelmed by it. You know. Yes, and I think that's the same thing to your point where you went back to Mercury before. Okay, how people are right away, oh, it's doomed and the sky is going to be green and whatever. Okay, it's the same thing. People work themselves up. And when you're hearing all of this, you know, well, and the eclipse and what it could do and what it could bring and whatever, we're still human beings. We are still being fed this information into all of ourselves. Yeah. So we are affected. Yeah. How you want to control it is your business. But don't forget, again, we are biorhythmic. You mm. know, we could be in a great mood this morning. It could have been a great energetic, hey, hip, hip, hooray. And by 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you're growling, leave me alone. <laughs> People look at you saying, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, yeah. you know. What is going on here? Yeah. But that's numbers, that's timing, that's rhythm, that's weather, weather, music. You know, I always tell people, if you like music, play it. Music is rhythm. Music mm -hmm. are beats. Yeah. You know, and rather than listening to all the depressing crap that's, that is being shown today. <laughs> yeah, music is a, it's a very soothing kind of thing. Yeah, I... I, I tell people that all the time, too, especially, well, we talk a lot about the importance of meditation, because yeah? we're 
trying to look towards people's personal healing, their betterment. And, you know, if you can, at very least, you know, just clear all the clutter out of your mind, you know, one or two uh, times a day where you purposefully <clears throat> go to a happy place and just clear, you know, because people say, I don't have time to meditate. You know, I got three kids, two jobs, you know, when the hell am I going to do that? But yet, you know, it's good for every cell in your body. It's good for you. It's good. <clears throat> it's a healing essence when in a day and age where we're basically going from one fight or flight response to the next, you know, oh, was nobody like my post on Facebook today or uh, the jerk at work is, you know, I hope he's not going to be in his real major jerk times, you know. We have so much on our plate <clears throat> and so many people telling us how we should feel about news or in conversations where something that worked great last week gets you in trouble this week. <laughs> you know, who, who turned the switch on that subject, you know, where last week it was fine. This week I'm in the doghouse for it. <clears throat> we have all this stress. So, the, yeah, the energy is very sensitive to that, too. That, no, when people say they have no time, the fact is they don't want to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. let's, let's, let's put the nail right in the wood. All right. Because I got to right tell you, there's 1,440 minutes in a day. Mm -hmm. All right. If a person can't make 10 for themselves, if they can't take a half hour for themselves, there's a problem here. Yeah. And you don't have to conventionally meditate. You could just take time and take breaths. Yeah. You could just stare out a window. Right. And just say how grateful you are. <clears throat> take a, a walk in nature. It's just we're so far removed from nature now. We're talking about eclipses and the energies with them or full moons or half moons or whatever. The energies with them. Music and resonance and sound. And the energies with them, weather, the energy and that, were so far removed from, say, 60,000 years ago, where there were no homes, really. There was no electricity or artificial light and air conditioning and heating and computers and all this stuff that we have now that really takes us away from all that. Uh, so, And I think there's a part of our essence, you know, I'm going to ask you about numbers in past lives in a minute because you did mention something about that that's that you had me at hello moment that i really want to reflect on but we're always wondering why why am all of a sudden i'm so emotional i wasn't anticipating being this emotional i don't really feel this emotional but for some reason i'm just emotional what's going on and i think part of it has to do with us being removed from just the earth, the nature, you know, or being constantly bombarded by electromagnetic frequencies in computers and cell phones and TVs and microwave systems, radio and all this stuff. You know, you can't even see the st stars at night now because of what they call light pollution. Light is an electromagnetic frequency and all these things that we can't see like radio waves and microwaves, you know. We can still feel them whether we realize them or not. Uh, and I just let want your thoughts on all, all that, my little rant there. <laughs> I want to tell you that we have a new moon.
coming up on the 26th this month, and it is an eclipse. Oh, wow. Okay. And it is and it is the day after Christmas, but you know that we're already feeling moon activity mm-hmm. uh, a few days prior, as much as we feel it after it starts waning again. <laughs> but uh, this will be an eclipse, and it's a 12th month, as I said. It's a, it's a time of many memories, sadness uh, to people. It's a downtime. It's a sh- very stressful time. Mm. Twelve is three. Threes are stressed people normally. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to give a heads up that you may be feeling a little bit more in the anxious or the emotional or teary-eyed or the anger. It's a whole mixed bag here. It's like you. It's like December is in its own little, little, little tiny Mercury retrograde of review to be prepared for the right. delivery that's coming. Yeah, it's the great in between. It feels like you know, especially yep. the way everybody's framing it. It's not just the end of a year; it's the end of a decade. It's not just the that's beginning right. of a year; it's the beginning of a decade. And we're also looking at the year itself, which is 2020. 2020. And I do want to ask you about that. Just want to remind the listeners, especially those joining you in this uh, second hour, you're listening to Kindness Beyond the Veil here on UPRNTalkRadio.com and on the United Public Radio YouTube channel, uh, where you can watch and listen. Uh, Our guest today, our honored guest is Lois T. Martin, best numerologist I have ever encountered. And There is really a lot that separates Lois from the rest of the pack, if you will. Um, She, it's just something about her intuition with the numbers. She can see well and beyond simple meanings for the numbers. She can attribute them to you better than anyone uh, that I've ever come. You know, I've worked with a lot of numerologists, have a lot of friends in numerology and And over the years, you know, you get to tell the difference. I've never seen anyone really better at this than our guest, Lois T. Martin, today. This is your host, Chip Reichenthal. We welcome you in, beloved listeners. Glad you're joining us here, uh, both on UPRN and on Kindness Beyond the Veil. We're just about to ask Lois about 2020 and what we could expect. Should we be hopeful or should we be bracing ourselves but I do want to touch first on this one thing that you mentioned <clears throat> close to the beginning of the interview, which was uh, past lives and how some of the numbers in uh, our uh, day of birth or uh, day, uh, month and year or in our name can really tie in or somehow correlate to past lives. Uh, that's what you mentioned that Lois and I wanted to ask you more specifically about that even though it's kind of a wide open question uh, but you know how to fill it out better than anyone <laughs> so where do past lives potentially anyway fit in with our our numbers in this particular lifetime well too me, wide open I, a question <laughs> in my in my experiences and my training, so to speak, from my guides, I am self-taught. I have never taken a class in numerology. Yeah. And, and the way I am taught is that 
I look at missing letters in a person's name or missing numbers, I should say better. And this shows me weaknesses and strengths, what you have a little bit too much of, what needs to get toned down. And I have to be honest with you that the rest really comes in through a channeled form Mm -hmm. to me. Okay. When you say missing numbers, what does that mean? In other words, very simple. I don't want everybody to go crazy if they're trying to do this and you know themselves. But when I take all the letters in your name, I count all how many number ones you have in the name, how many number twos you have in the name, uh, three, four, so forth, up to the number nine. And then if I look to see how many you have too much of or how much you have too many little of in those numbers. That gives me now more of the insight information that I need so I could see the past life pattern in what you are doing in this lifetime because it will be there. And don't forget, I have your name as it was on your birth certificate. I have it all through your date of birth. So it isn't just one little segment to it. It's a combination of what's getting channeled, and it's a combination of all the amount of letters you have in your name. And I don't mean by totaling the number, like you have 10 letters in your name total. I am counting every letter, every every letter to what number. So if you may have five ones, you might have eight ones, you might have two twos. You may not have any sevens in a chart or any sixes. Mm -hmm. So just for... A quick instant, if a person doesn't have any number six, say, in their chart. No, cancel that. I'll make it easier. No, if somebody doesn't have a number seven in their chart, in their name or their date of birth, and they happen to be lacking it in the, the full name in itself, this person really, I know, is here on this mission right now in this lifetime experience is to learn to develop their spirituality. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, number seven, and I mentioned in the intro, it was St. Augustine of Hippo. Um, it was a, a, a Roman Italian, Roman African Christian theologist. You know, I mean, Pythagoras looked at the numbers and even described some sort of spiritual essence to the number seven, it was uh, it was BC, so there was no Jesus, you know, uh, in his time, and yet he still saw something spiritual about the number seven. Saint Augustine, of course, being in 400 AD, you know, saw a major tie-in to either Jesus or God or both or biblical uh, references. Um, do you see that in number seven yourself? I mean, yourself yourself taught, but. They all are, no disrespect to any of them. Number seven is the most mystical and magical of all numbers. Hmm. Okay? They're very complex. (laughs) They're very confusing. They're very intelligent. They could be very messed up. (laughs) They're very... You could just write all about number seven itself. 
Does it have a background of spiritual connection? Absolutely. I pick up a lot, and I don't want people to right away think this is applying to them, but I'll pick up a lot that people uh, were left to their own defenses. Uh, they were abandoned. They were in, in rejection of other past lifetimes, abusive relationships, and so forth. And today, they are in similar situations. And this is being brought in again. So I do see the correlation of past life and what has happened to them. And number sevens today in this physical body, generally above average, because there's always an exception to a rule, but always, always is about a fear of rejection and abandonment. And they don't trust. Yeah. Well, that, you know, it makes sense, especially when you when you put it like that. <clears throat> now, that's my month of birth, so that's one of my numbers I know. But I, I never thought that, you know, as you go through the system and you assign numbers to letters, you said you used the Pythagorean system, Rosa meant, uh, missed the introductory segment. That's uh, A through I uh, are assigned numbers one through nine. And then it loops up again throughout the rest of the alphabet. So, you know, the, the following set, uh, what, I through whatever, <laughs> uh, will have, you know, one through nine, the letters one through nine assigned to them. But I never thought to look at it in the overall and say there's no sevens in this person's name or uh, date of birth uh, or no twos or fives or, or whatever. Never even, never even thought to consider that. Well, believe it or not, it is not uncommon. Many, many people, now I'm talking different uh, years, like in the 50s, 60s, okay? Mm -hmm. um, cancel that. 50s, uh, after 1961, um, they didn't have number sevens. A lot of people are missing also a lot of sixes in their chart. Interesting. And... You know, they didn't want responsibility. Ask these people today who have all these sixes how much this family or the the responsibility of family that they on take. Their choice, but just the fact that they on take. They could be the caregivers. Now, in another lifetime, there was something here. They didn't want anything to do with it. Are you kidding me? You know, they, they don't want to be bothered with responsibility. So they come back in this lifetime learning that. <laughs> you know... I do the same thing, and I do a lot of research on criminal behavior, the repetitive numbers that keep coming up for this type of characterology of a name or a number. Interesting. So it's very, what you could do with this is amazing. It's just, it's just amazing all that you could find out from it and, 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 and learn to love yourself a lot better than looking at yourself trying to figure, like, I can't even figure me out. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, been a consistent message, uh, especially on on this particular program. You know, just love yourself, spoil yourself. You know, find if you can un unconditional love for yourself. It's easier to find unconditional love for others then. But it's also a very healing process. You know, if you if you nurture yourself, if you take good care of yourself, to spend the time and attention that you're pouring out to others in your loving of them or caring or nurturing of them 
spend some of that on you. Nothing ever really wrong with that, <laughs> you know. But yeah, but it, a lot it, of people don't feel self worth. Okay, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. another part that we could see in the numbers. People huh? who have no self worth, and they don't even think it's right that they should ask for anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is and, there and any particular number that, that, or lack of number, if you will, in the self worth area, or could oh, it be absolutely. everywhere? But again, I don't want your listeners to sit here now and and you know do an analyzing on themselves because it's not just one area. There, there's a little bit more to all of this, you know. Yeah. But people who have you know a, a lack of self worth could be also a lot of number nines. Interesting. Okay, because number nines, they're they're like our, they're the big humanitarians. They're just so good. They're the ones who say, hey, what's one more plate? Let's feed them. Well, we just about made it for ourselves, but (laughs) they're the ones that say, come on, feed them, let them come in. And then they find their silverware is gone in the morning, but that's it. (laughs) <laughs> but number nines are also about having to have to understand, all numbers do, but nine more so, have to learn to understand that that whatever we do is unconditional. When nine sets a condition on what they want and how they want it, they have a problem. Wow. Nine should not be setting any kind of a condition in what it is they want done. They do it because I'm doing it. I'm not doing this for for to get anything out of you. I'm. It's just the way of a nine. So nine, you start to look at the rest of the chart and you start seeing where there is a weakness, which is a better way of putting it, mm-hmm. that there is a weakness in them. Because they need to feel needy. They need to feel. Now, number four is the same way. You give number four. Number four takes on everybody's responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Number ones are, are people who turn around and they say, give it to me. I'll take care of it. Because if I don't mm-hmm. take care of it, I don't know what the hell they're doing anyway. So, you <laughs> right. know what? Mm-hmm. Give it to me. And then 20 years later down the line, they say, I don't understand why I'm the one that always has to do it. Because you set it up that way. Yeah. So, yeah, self-worth, um, it's not just one particular number. It's not just one number that indicates your past life and what you did or what you didn't do. It's a whole series because we are of one. We are one, period. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we're made of the same things, you know. Yeah. It's all coming That's- from the same places in the Absolutely. universe so yeah Absolutely. we really are is there a number in particular i don't even know if this is a fair question or not uh, you talk self-worth i think of a lot about entertainers uh you know movie stars or comedians or musicians or whatever there's just it seems the more we learn about these individual people the more you know, it's almost like uh, maybe one out of the two parents never really attached to them or or uh, was nurturing. So there, it's almost a, a lot of them. I don't like to generalize. Seem to be making up for that. You know, by by entertainment, they feel hollow on the inside a lot of times. 
Is there a number in particular that, that is particularly keen for an entertainer? Or is and again, again, I want to put it out there to your listeners. I don't want that because if I'm going to say this number, they're going to turn around and get all bent out of shape. Okay, yeah. there's more. No, I mean every every person is a different situation. So the numbers, even if two people have the exact same numbers for everything, you know, birthdays and names, if all the numbers work out identical, they're not going to be identical people. They're going yeah. to be different, you know? So, yeah, twins. it's not always twins. a specific thing more than a generality. So, right. it's... Twins. Yeah. Number three happens to be a big number for what you just asked. Interesting. Number three. Mm -hmm. well, um, well, any... Number three are people who love to express. Okay. And those who carry a number three, they could have such a bubbly outgoing fun personality and but that's not really how they feel inside they're different mm. okay you know what is that the comedians the bunch of the saddest people that mm -hmm. really yeah. is in yeah. you know and it's the same thing with the number three you know they they really display an out part of themselves of you know, happy and all is good and everything's okay. And really inside, they're very unhappy. Oh. Wow. Again, please don't have everybody just... No, yeah, this is a generality. It's, un it's really unfair to ask generality questions, you know, especially with numerology, because, yeah, every person is different. And right. like I said before, two people can have the same numbers in, in every single aspect and not at all be similar. You know, it could be very different people. And yes, there are just like the sign that you were born under, you know, uh, there are uh, strengths and weaknesses in every sign you're born under. So any number that is particularly attributed to you, same thing, strengths and weaknesses. And right. again, they're more in general terms than specific, and every specific person is different. So, yeah, I, I like the disclaimer that Lois here is giving. You know, if you hear something about a number that you know that you are or are a part of, you know, just to, you know, take it with the, uh, in terms that we're just speaking generally and, and not specifically about these numbers and, and the characteristics go with them. And speaking of numbers and characteristics going with them, got to ask you about the big 2020, which we're, what, some 28 days, 29 days away from now. Um, I need, you know, and again, everybody under a different number may have different experiences for this 2020, but you did mention, Lois, that this last month here, this December, it's kind of that in-between thing you liken almost to a Mercury retrograde. It's a time of reflection, you know, time perhaps to refocus, see what worked for you. You know, this particular decade of the 2010s, you know, it, it wasn't all smooth going. <laughs> you know, even if, Last couple of years weren't smooth going, you know, and 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 a lot of us were kind of surprised by that. Astrologically speaking, there is a couple of things with Pluto going on. Pluto and Capricorn been almost five years with that. Pluto and Saturn 
uh, squaring each other. <clears throat> a lot of things to be said for that, not necessarily positive things. You know, normally in an extended five-year conjunction with Plato and Capricorn, or Plato and Capricorn squaring with Saturn, uh, world wars have occurred during the last time these things were around for years and years. And chances are, especially with, uh, we've got uh, now, I think Plato and Jupiter have something going on. <laughs> Um, right. Uranus is in retrograde, uh, so there's a, and that adds a little interest to something. Mars is a little strong as we speak, <clears throat> so it can very easily be at once things that are becoming clear and more confusing at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So we can perhaps be a little unsettled by that, should we choose to. Uh, but it's also, you know, it's the holiday season. People, for, for whatever reason, generally a little sadder or more anxious than usual. Um, I never really understood why that is. Uh, used to be the time of community. You know, everybody would get together and see their similarities more than their differences. You know, and it, it seems to devolve out of that for whatever reason. Uh, but 2020... Um, you know, with what could be one of those Decembers that is really a lot about reflecting and deciding, you know, what you can do differently, what you can bring differently or new or exciting to this new decade and your life. Um, but, but, you know, again, astrologically speaking, there's a lot of ifs and iffies in there. Um, your thoughts on 2020 and again, generally speaking. Um, um, the way, first of all, I take 2020, which is a 40. Mm -hmm. Any number that has a zero following it, even a letter like T or, um, which is the 20th letter of J, the 10th letter, any zero that follows a number or letter is an indicator of a rebirth. Ah, the number four that with a forty from mm -hmm. the from this year. Yeah, two plus zero four, plus two plus zero is four. Yeah. Represents now order. It now represents we need to rebuild an order, not the order that we are used to, not the order of control and power. It needs to be systemized where there is, uh, how you say, settling. And I, and I always use this as a good analogy because it's the best one that I've been told okay. by my guys. And I look at war <laughs> like, a, like a mason, a man who uses bricks to build walls. And he has to get that right brick to fit into that next space. And number four is about building. It's about restructuring. It's mm. about um, being practical, using good judgment. And I don't have to explain. I don't want to explain <laughs> all the crap that we have been seeing mm. or what we are been feeling. And we are all feeling some form of change of some kind because we are in frequencies 
also known as dimensions, and we are shifting into different dimensions from mm-hmm. a third to a fourth to, to a, a fourth, fifth, yeah, to a yep. sixth, mm-hmm. even to a seventh dimension. Mm-hmm. And the number 2020 for the year, if you look at the numbers itself, they look like binoculars. Mm-hmm. Hence uh, 2020 vision. That's right. And we are being told, open your eyes so you can now construct a new path so we could rebuild. I am not saying this is political. I am not saying any of that. I am just saying 2020, four is hard work. Four will not tolerate laziness. And people have been lazy. Mm. Now people are firing up here, and they're all coming up with, uh, they're not going to do the things that are being said to do or how to do it, whatever. But the 2020 is vision. What do you see? What do you want to see? Now, we're leaving a universal year number three. 2019 totals a 30 or a 21. Regardless, it is a three. And we are leaving that. Anytime we transit from a three, it usually takes a delay time before the four, the next number, will come following in. Three is usually a delay. So because we're talking about this, uh, people may think, oh, well, good, 2020 will start off the new year just great. You may not do growth. And as we're growing, I don't have to explain. I don't really want to. But Earth Mother is not very happy. Mm. We could see this by all the dynamics of weather changes and patterns and so forth and so on. And we are in this shift, and people are feeling a shift. People are feeling concerned. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. I know my personal readings have become a little different, where people aren't just asking, oh, does he love me? Does he want to be with me? People are concerned where they're going. What are they doing? Yeah, my reading's the same as I do tarot, you know. Well, I know you know. But, I mean, yeah, the the questions. And I I tell people for my readings, I don't want to know what your question is, you know. You ask the cards, I'll hold up the cards, focus the energy into the cards. The cards will give you the answer. I'll just, uh, you know, uh, I'll just interpret what that answer is. But yeah, the questions, once I do find out what they are, are different. They 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 are. People are more unsettled. Why you started doing kindness beyond the veil in the first place was, yeah, you know, everywhere I go, people were walking with their heads down. Not because they're looking at their cell phones, it's because they feel unsettled, you know. And things are changing either not quick enough or way too quickly, especially socially speaking, from one week to the other. Something is fine one week that is absolutely not fine the next. And you never know when the light switch is being turned on or off on whatever that thing is. So you don't, you know, I mean, even social stuff is a risk. I've seen people 
lose their trust in authority, in organizations, foundations, systems, and want to tear these systems down, you know, which they feel great about, but nobody has an answer for what to do once it's all torn down. <laughs> and that's scary, you know. So there's a lot of things to be unsure about and unsettled about. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's very true, that you're exactly right in what you're saying here. And, and, and uh, the, the thing I believe, and I'm only telling you how I hear it, the way it's channeled to me. Okay. Okay. Uh, sure. Nothing to do with anybody. But if I'm being told this to me in my doing this for years, it's a message that needs to get out to more people. Mm. And that is we need to learn to trust from within. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you like it or not, if you like the answers or if you don't like the answers. You know, I just say I just do what the little voices tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I well, don't like being you... told you're not doing that or whatever. But it's very important, in my opinion, yeah. to learn to trust. Well, you've, you've always really been very real. As I mentioned in the intro, you, you tell it like it is because there is something in... You know, look, maybe I'm a little old now, <laughs> but I like truth. I like facts, you know, not alternative truths or alternative facts or <clears throat> anything that you research as a hobby or, or as an interest or whatever. You can find tailor made to your preconceptions, biases and beliefs. You know, if you look hard enough everywhere on the Internet, there's not just information. It's not just what I want when I want it. It's what I want when I want it and how I want it now. And that's people are have found this cushion of their own little reality because there's somebody on the Internet that's going to agree with the way that you see the world or the way that you think. And you can tailor your preferences around that so you don't have to hear about specific truths. You're just paying attention to personal truths. So we're all starting to find our own little pocket of reality. And pretty soon we won't have to take any risks whatsoever. We could just rewards, you know, we can find exactly what we need with the exact information. But truth helps people. If people don't know certain things and a good friend says, you should be aware that you do this, or people are saying this about you, whether you realize you're doing that or not, that's important stuff. That's important information, even if it hurts to hear it. You know, it's better than not knowing. <laughs> you know, I'm sure a lot of people disagree with me on that. But, you know, truth, there are actual truths and there are actual facts, regardless of what mass media is telling you. You know, and it's fine being in your own bubble of personal truth or personal reality, but, you know, there is a collective truth and a collective reality too. <laughs> um, does that resonate I, with you, that type of thought? I agree with you. I agree with what you're saying, but the trusting has to come from your higher power. Yeah. Okay. Because people today cannot deny they're seeing more and more quote unquote signs. If it be numbers, if it be birds, if it be mm-hmm. butterflies, if it be a cockroaches, it doesn't matter. You, we, we need to become aware. Yeah. And the trust has to come from within. 
And when people, like you said, people who do, who come for readings, you know, it's very important to understand why are they coming for a reading? Are they curious? Uh, is there a situation that they may need some insight to? I never predict. I never predict. I mm-hmm. will project. Never predict. <laughs> right. Because everybody has a free will to do whatever they want. Sure. But but and, for some people coming to you, it's more integral to them, you know, to their fiber, to their essence, than uh, it would be somebody that comes just out of personal curiosity. Well, you know what? I do a lot of whatever places, and, and you know, you hear a lot. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not judging anybody. Believe me, I'm the last one to do that. <laughs> but it, it, people hear what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, it's not always the best thing to do it that way, but it's true. People hear what they want to hear. Yeah. If you learn to trust, because when you do a reading, I don't know about you, I'm talking for me. Okay. But when I know when I do a reading and somebody is saying, yes, yes, that's right, yes, I am affirming to them what they already know. That right. the best. That's mm-hmm. the best reading you could give. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, because, you know, and I, I tell that to my clients, you know, look, there's something on your mind. You have a question you want answers to when they come to you or they come to me, you know, you could go to your best friend or you go to your husband or wife or family, you know, uh, and you'll probably get either the answer that they'll uh, think that you'll want to hear or think that you should hear. But when it comes out of the sky or it comes out of numbers, which don't lie, you know, there's a difference there. I mean, what are the odds that, you know, that answer comes through cards or through numbers or, or planet, planets and, and what star you were born under? Um, it's the universe really giving you the answer, and, and chances are people already know it. They, they're more intuitive than they know or believe themselves to be, and that is the best kind of reading, you know? Right, a validation is a very good, is the best reading because it's just confirming that to that person, you also have what I have. I always ask people in my presentations, how many people here are psychic? And people all raise, not many people raise their hand. And when you say to them, well, how many people get a gut feeling? How many get like a feeling like goosebumps or whatever? And they all raise their hand. Right. The only difference between them and me is I trust that you don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. Even I die. I don't. I don't refer to myself as a psychic. I get my my running joke is that if I were psychic, I could predict my wife's moods. You know, <laughs> that's, that's very I can't true. do that. You know, um, <clears throat> but, but, but this but, is a very big year, Chip. This twenty twenty is a big year, and the nineteen for this year that we are ending, which is important to bring out here. Okay. 19 is called the karmic accumulation number. Oh. And in this number, 19 is about what you reap, you have sown. Mm-hmm. 
19 is also the number of um, uh, what goes around comes around. 19 is the one and the nine, the beginning and the end. And it's a very big year because of the transition, the changes that we are facing on all levels, all levels. So people, if they could take heed to their dreams, to the signs that they are receiving, to the messaging, not just stuff on the computer and the crap that people are putting out there, trust your gut. Yeah, trust your gut. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you can't meditate before whatever your reasons are, that's fine. But at least go within for five minutes and say, show me, because believe me, if you ask, you will be shown. Yeah. Yeah, I do believe that. And and if people want to ask you, believe it or not, we're almost out of time already. (laughs) It felt like we just started. Yeah, I know. Quickest two hours on radio here. Yeah, that was. Yeah, but where can people? Yeah, we've got like uh, about two, two and a half minutes left. Where where can people find you? Find uh, more about you. Find you for readings, uh, any events coming up, all that, all that sort of stuff. Anything you can share with us in like two minutes or so. Yeah, I'm very fast. The easiest way you could find me is on Facebook at Lois T. Martin. And or you could email me at number, spell out the word, number psychic at yahoo.com. Number singular or plural? No, one number. Number, Number, not numbers. Okay, number psychic. psychic at yahoo.com. I live in the upstate New York area. I do tour. Uh, Right now I'm on a stay vacation because uh, I don't have to travel. I'm always running and touring. (laughs) So I have wonderful gift certificates going on for the holiday. It's a great gift to give. Uh, You could always contact me for more information, or you could call me at, make it easy, 518-989-6349. And Chip, I want to say thank you so very much. You really make my mind very active in <laughs> what I have to think and what I have to say and whatever. I don't know about you. I know you do, but I don't. I never prepare. I never prepare. Well, you know, yeah, I, I just I like being a guest on radio because I, I don't have to study. I know about myself, you know. But, right. but yeah, but you are, I mean, you really are, are separated from all the others. In terms of your gifts as a numerologist, I've never seen anybody like you. I don't think I'll ever come across anybody like you uh, again that is just exceptionally gifted. You are just made to do this work. Uh, Yeah, Lois T, middle initial T, Martin, Lois T. Martin on Facebook, number psychic at uh, yahoo.com for the email or the phone number 518 989 6349 uh, for Lois. Lois, thank you again so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you all for listening. Yeah, I love you, man. I, you know, we'll be talking later today. Um, yeah, join us every Monday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time, right here on UPRN, talkradio.com, and United Public Radio YouTube channel for Kindness Beyond the Veil 
Always an honor to be with you. I love you all. Next week, Tom Conwell will be here. Uh, a lot of talk about UFOs, and this guy's got it. So join us for that. Meantime, enjoy your day. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful remainder of the decade and decade coming. We love you. Take care. We'll see you Good again night. soon. Good night.
So you put off buying a new John Deere tractor all year, but now the procrastinating has finally paid off because it's year-end sales event time at SunSouth, and you can take home a new John Deere for less than you ever imagined during our biggest year-end sales event ever, like the John Deere 3025E tractor for only $139 a month, and save up to $4,300 on a John Deere 1025R with loader. Or get your yard work done faster and more efficiently with the Z915E zero-turn mower for only $109 a month. Plus get 0% APR for 60 months on select Gator utility vehicles. Hurry in to the year-end sales event at SunSouth, where everything you could need or want for outdoor projects is priced to go. From the yard to the fields and everything in between, think SunSouth. Visit your neighbors at SunSouth or shop online at sunsouth.com and see how affordable owning a new John Deere tractor can be. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Offer ends December 31st, 2019. So you put off buying a new John Deere tractor all year, but now the procrastinating has finally paid off because it's year-end sales event time at SunSouth, and you can take home a new John Deere for less than you ever imagined during our biggest year-end sales event ever, like the John Deere 3025E tractor for only $139 a month, and save up to $4,300 on a John Deere 1025R with loader. Or get your yard work done faster and more efficiently with the Z915E zero-turn mower for only $109 a month. Plus get 0% APR for 60 months on select Gator utility vehicles. Hurry in to the year-end sales event at SunSouth, where everything you could need or want for outdoor projects is priced to go. From the yard to the fields and everything in between, think SunSouth. Visit your neighbors at SunSouth or shop online at sunsouth.com and see how affordable owning a new John Deere tractor can be. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Offer ends December 31st, 2019.